Thank you for joining me today. Oh, I know as you look at the, the cover, the stones and the bones cry out, you're going to say, wow, this is going to be a scary program. No. Remember, I promised you that we would have one that's just going to be incredibly fun, incredibly uh, wonderful news, good news. Nothing but good news today. The, the stones and the bones cry out. You know, sometimes objects other than people can give a, an, an important message. And today we're going to, we're going to look at that. Because... When we go to Israel, I think one of the, the fun things for me is to, to watch the expression of people as we go to, to dig sites or to special sites. In the case of, of myself, I have the privilege of taking our seniors there. They study the Bible all their life. Now they get to walk the land of the Bible. And so today we want to look at some of those experiences and, and have a very special guest, Dr. Scott Stripling and Abigail, one of his assistants, talk to us about an important place called Shiloh. Well, here's a, a time when, when Dr. Stripling, who's in charge of the dig site at Shiloh, uh, met up with our group. Uh, my, my guide, Tippy is on the, the far left, and, uh, and there's Dr. Scott Stripling in the middle, myself. And, and we're right at Shiloh. Why is Shiloh important? Well, remember, after the wilderness experience, the tabernacle was moved every day or every month it made its way to Shiloh. That's where it would live for another three or four hundred years. Longest standing place of the of the temple was there, and so it's controversial only because people, as the dig was beginning, said we don't even know if uh, if that's Jewish or not. Well, Doctor Stripling and his team of diggers they they dug down. They found some altars that didn't look like one described in the Bible. They took a risk. They said maybe it's deeper. They went down. Sure enough. There it is, exactly as the Bible says. And he's going to describe to you some of the, the, the finds they've got. It's, it's wonderful. Here's why I show you this. Because the stones prove that the Bible is true. And, and you'll see the excitement that he has about rocks. I get excited about the rocks. My wife says, how can you get excited about a rock? Well, when you see this, you're going to say, I'm going to get excited about a rock too. Because the, the rocks prove the point of the Bible. The further that we dig, the more we explore, what we find is that, that the Bible is true. And Dr. Scott Stripling will make this point. If it was true describing things that happened not just uh, 2,000 years ago, we're talking about 33, 3,800 years ago. We're digging down. We're finding it exactly as the Bible said. The accuracy of things underground, the, the stones, wow, it proves the truth of the Bible. Then... It's true now. We're, we've been watching that take place before our eyes and in each of our daily broadcasts. And if that's true for the past, if it's true for now, I promise you it'll be true in the future. That's our point. Now, join us as we listen to the first part of this interview. In 2019, CBN News interviewed Dr. Scott Stripling, the director of the excavation going on in ancient Shiloh. This year, Stripling brought us up to speed on what's happened here since we first visited the project. Tell us, we were there at season one. What's what's new? What's happened since then? Well, in season one, our, our hypotheses were just formulating. Um, we thought that we had a monumental building uh, up here from the period of the tabernacle. We thought that this could be a, a gate complex because there was no glacis in this section. Um, since then, we've come 
way down, uh, five meters or so, maybe six meters in some places. And so now we can see the various structures that are here. And indeed, we can now uh, say that this is very likely the, the gate that's referred to in the Bible. And that's pretty big stuff. And what happened at the gate? Why, why is this so important? Well, the Bible tells us that Eli is in the gate of Shiloh when he gets the news that the Ark of the Covenant has been captured, that his sons have been killed. Uh -huh. He falls over backwards and dies in the gate. Yeah. So it's a, a, a function that's mentioned in the Bible. So we were very curious if we would come across it. Shiloh is not only where Eli lived and died, but also the place where Joshua divided the promised land between the 12 tribes where Hannah prayed for a son who became the prophet Samuel, and where the tabernacle of the Lord stood for nearly 400 years. Stripling gave us a tour of the site and took us to perhaps their most significant discovery. This is where you came to connect with God. Jerusalem remains a pagan city for another mm -hmm. 300 years. The ark is here, the tabernacle is here, and this is where you came to connect with God. Uh-huh, and you've, uh, you, you believe you've found actually the tabernacle. Well, you know, I'm not ready to, to say I know for certain, but I'll tell you what we do have is a building that is matching the dimensions of uh -huh. the tabernacle. It's from the Iron One period, which is the tabernacle period of Eli and Samuel. And you're actually standing right now, Chris, on, on this wall right here. So this entire area is this massive monumental building orients east-west and it's divided on a two-to-one ratio like the tabernacle was. Uh-huh. So east-west is what the Bible says it faced? That's right. The Bible says that... And two-to-one, what does that mean? Well, the holy place and the most holy place. Yeah. So the, the holy of holies, if we're correct in our theory, would be right in here. See, I, I told you, I, see, I told you that you would be thrilled as you watch this. Can you imagine being in Shiloh? Can you imagine being in the place where, where the the new temple would sit, the tabernacle would sit. Can you imagine walking on the, on the Holy of Holies? You see, as they do meticulous detail, it's incredible. Matter of fact, you'll see some of the, the stone graveyards and, and I'll show you a, a piece of pottery that I have from there. Here, let's do the second part of our video. Here, this between these walls would be where the Ark of the Covenant was. Can we go in? Let's go, come on. <clears throat> All so right. what so are we walking into right now? This, this is the, the wall that would separate the holy from the most holy. Okay, so you're entering into the holy of holies. All right, so there's this big wall on your right. Down here, you can see where we've reached the bottom. This is preserved to 2.1 meters, and this is floor level. So this whole area in here, about where we're standing, come on with me here. All right you're probably standing where the Ark of the Covenant was. Why does that suit you? <laughs> it makes me feel, uh, well, profound for yeah. one. Well, yeah. me too. Yeah. Um, How do you feel when you're here? There's a sense of awe. I just have to tell you, uh, professionally as an academic, it's, I'm in awe. And then as an evangelical Christian, I'm in awe, you know, to, to have the privilege to be able to excavate a site like this. What I take from this is that God did something in history. He recorded it for us in the Bible. We have evidence of it here. 
One of the great things about our faith is that you can question it. You know, God's ego isn't bruised. People have questions. Viewers do. That's honest. You know, express those. And I would just invite people to look at that evidence. And if they've bought into the idea that the Bible's mythology or it's not historical, I would encourage them to look at what we're finding here at Shiloh, read the text, pray about it, decide for themselves. And so this is where the Bible comes to life? This is what we do. Mm -hmm. We don't just walk the Bible. We dig the Bible here at ancient Shiloh. Mm -hmm. As we dig into the soil, we are literally seeing the evidence of what life was like in biblical times. And nearby you also have a bone, a site of bones. Can we well, I'll tell you what, we're in the bone business, Chris. <laughs> Come on, I'll show you what it's all about. Okay. <laughs> and this path is going to lead us to where the bone deposit is that we've been talking about. So this, the, the people working over here are doing something they'll never forget the rest of their lives. I mean, they are uncovering evidence of the sacrificial system. These were animals that brought expiation. I mean, it brought about the forgiveness of sin for people mm -hmm. as they connected with God in this manner. So you'll see it for yourself. The pottery and the bones, they tell an unmistakable story that matches what we read in the biblical text. This entire area underneath our feet, Chris, this is unexcavated. Underneath your feet and my feet is about this much of solid bone waiting to be excavated. Bone on top of bone on top of bone. And we have microstratigraphy in this area so we can see that the deposition is laid down over a long period of time, just like the Bible says. Well, as you look at the, the passage there, to me it's, it's wonderful to see the fact that in Leviticus chapter 7, I mean, who would guess that we would use an obscure passage in Leviticus 7 to prove the Bible. But in chapter 7, verse 31, the priest shall burn the fat upon the altar, but the breast shall be Aaron and his sons. The right shoulder shall be given unto the priest for a heave offering of sacrifices and your peace offerings. He among the sons of Aaron who offer the blood of the peace offerings and the fat shall have the right shoulder for his part. What nation separates a sacrifice right and left side? only Israel. So when you go to a bone pile, and the bone pile is, is mostly right sides, we know it has to be Jewish. That's the point. The Bible, the Bible is the authority. The Bible is true. And the more we dig, the more we find. The stones confirm, the bones confirm that this is where we are. Well, let's watch the third and final part of our video today. And what kind of bones would we find here? Sheep, goat, cattle, and disproportionately from the right side of the animal. It's like just this morning, we're seeing disproportionate jaw bones from the right side as opposed to the left. You described it before, but Xen, why is the right side so significant? Well, the priests are the ones who live here, and Leviticus 7 tells us that the right side of the animal is the priest's portion. So I can't make this stuff up, you know? You got 100,000 bones, and they're disproportionate. Give me another explanation. Mm. Just happens to coordinate with what the Bible says. At the end of the workday, a shofar sounds. That's when all the staff and volunteers gather to wash the day's finds. CBN News talked with some of the team that makes the excavation happen. The dig includes people from 13 countries and 16 universities. It's just been an amazing experience. Um, it's just kind of sends chills 
on your up your body some days um, because you just think about the people that have been here before you. The further down we dig, it just is even more impressive. It's just been an awesome experience. Susie Skypes is digging in what may have been the Holy of Holies. I mean, I never thought that I'd be standing here or sitting here or digging here. Um, it's just been um, something that, you know, you read about in the Bible, but who would have ever thought you'd have been here in person? You've been here since the very beginning. What is it like for you to be here and, and to see what you've uncovered? It's really changed the way I read the Bible. Um, as I've come, I've been coming and excavating and, um, or even just being in the land and learning the routes and the, the ancient roads. And when I read the Bible, I can picture it. I, I read, you know, about Shiloh, I read about Eli and Hannah, and, and I, I know where that happened. I, I can picture it, um, and it's just here. So for me, it's very impactful, and it's, it's really changed my understanding uh, of some of those details in the Bible that you might just read over and gloss over, um, but they really make a lot more sense to me now. Jordan oversees the dig at the sacrificial bone deposit. I, I dig here and I, I uncover these things. Being a believer, um, you know, I see these bones of uh, this, this sacrificial system that, that for centuries people came and, and gave this offering that they knew they were going to have to come and do again every year, this constant, constant sacrifice. Uh, and just knowing that Jesus came to, to fulfill that, just it brings you know, all of this full circle and really does, it's humbling to me to do this. The excavation uses some of the latest innovations in archaeology, including wet sifting on site, which allows them to uncover many more ancient artifacts. The work is meticulously documented with the latest technology. The day's finds are identified and cataloged. They expect to be on-site digging for several more years. Why is this so important? Well, I think there, there's a, an arena of ideas, and we're a part of that whether we want to be or not. And this idea that the Bible is not a reliable historical source is a fantasy that uh, has been fabricated, and many people have bought into this. They don't think that they can trust the Bible. Um, I'll tell you what, the Bible is my go-to source in this part of the world. These are biblical sites. And time and time again, we find a correlation between what we have in the text and what we find in the material culture. And so while we publish scientifically and peer-reviewed journals and final publications, I think it's also important that our interpretations um, reflect that the, the biblical text can be trusted. And what's the lesson for us today? Well, if you could trust what God did in history, then you can trust Him today. And you can trust Him for tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we have to remember that God loves us. He has a plan for humanity. Chris? I'm, I'm so excited that you got to, to share an experience with Shiloh. Matter of fact, you'll, you'll be able to see a close-up of this, but this is a piece of pottery from the pottery graveyard there. And you can see that this particular piece probably was a mug or something that has a portion of a handle there. And every time I see it, I'm reminded of the fact that the, that the Bible is true. Isn't it wonderful to know that we have something that's true? Because today we have so many lies, so many deceptions going on. We come back to the Bible, and the Bible is true. We come back to Jesus. He said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. There's other important discoveries that are being made in Israel. And, uh, and so here's a little picture of us going into the city of David. The city of David is just south of of um, Jerusalem and the Temple Mount. And as we go in there, there's so many 
incredible discoveries taking place, I want to just share a few of those with you today. For example, only recently, uh, here's a little box. Matter of fact, uh, this stone box might have been used for uh, a change drawer, might have been used to put jewelry in, but they just recently uncovered this, and it was in the city of David, and so it's about 30 centimeters long. So that's, that's roughly what, uh, maybe 10 inches long. And uh, wow, the thing that's unique about it is not only that it's made of stone, think about making that out of stone, but also the fact that there's proof that it was burned. So when this was destroyed in 70 AD, this box didn't melt, didn't destroy because it was made of stone, but the proof that it was burned proves that around 70 AD, there was indeed the destruction of the temple and the destruction of Jerusalem. And again, the stones cry out the truth of it. The furthest picture to the right is also important because when you go all the way down to the Pool of Siloam, and, and if you were on some of our special broadcasts, you know that, that only recently uh, they're, they're looking at this Pool of Siloam again because, because when they begin to do the, the purification process, they're talking about taking some of the water from the spring at, at uh, the Pool of Siloam to use that for some of the, the sacrificial rituals and for some of the purification process. And you'll see it looks like a tube because in the last few years, as a matter of fact, people ask me, what's changed the most? Well, every time I go back, this changes again. But now there's a, a tube that you can walk through and this tube goes from the Pool of Siloam all the way up to the Temple Mount itself. You, you'll soon be able to walk that passageway. And along this way, that's about where this box was found. But here's another discovery that was just made. Take a, take a look at this little teeny a clay uh, stamp. It looks like a clay coin, doesn't it? Look, look at the size. It's so miniature. I, I want you to see some of the details of it. But what is incredible, this would be for a sealing uh, paper or a, an important document. That's how they would seal it. That's how they would uh, say this is real. This is authentic. First temple clay seal on earth in Jerusalem. Now, here's why I'm saying that. Because as you look at that seal, it has Jewish symbols. It's Jewish. The, this whole argument that, that Israel doesn't belong in the land it can be destroyed because why? Everything there is Jewish. A stone box in the city of David seals, clay seals. We even found insignias that list the people that's, that are listed in the Bible under kings. They're, they're secretaries, they're, they're understudies all found in these recent digs. My friend, do you understand how important this is? Because the Bible claims that God owns Jerusalem. The Bible claims that that's the, the land and that's the city that he gave to the Jews to use. And so when we have people now saying, well, let's divide this and let's make a two-state solution. Why should they? If God owns the land and gave it to them, Joel chapter 3, remember he said, these are my people, this is my heritage, this is my land, this is my city, why, why should we give it to anybody else? I think these are important things. Another thing that I think is really fun to look at, in my hand I, I have here these, these uh, widow's mites. 
an incredible story in the Bible uh, about a woman who decided not just to give out of her wages, but she gave all that she had. She trusted in God. And, and that shows you the size of these widow mites. These are found at digs. And sometimes we take it, we, we put them into to jewelry. These are necklaces that are, that are mounted so that on both sides you can see the insignia. Wow, think about this. These were the, the coins that were used 2,000 years ago. They, they're, they're small, they're fragile, they're incredible. Yeah, we have them on our website. My, my point today is not to sell you a necklace or to sell you a coin. I just want to see you that, that you know what? The more we unearth there, whether it's coins, whether it's stone boxes, whether it's bones, whether it's pieces of pottery, you know what it says? These stories that are being uncovered are stories of the Bible. Do you doubt that Jesus spoke about the widow that cast in the two mites? No. Those are the coins. We're, We're looking at these things. The proof of all this is before our very eyes. You see, we live in a world where there's very little that that you can say, this is real, this is genuine. So here's a a piece of pottery. This is in the pottery graveyard that was taken from Shiloh. I I know if you saw it on the street, you might say, well, it's a piece of rubbish. But but because we go to to Shiloh, and after they've categorized and, and tried to reconstruct some of the vessels, they have what they call a pottery graveyard. Dr. Scott Stripling says to our students, yeah, go, go. Go take several. Well, I took four this year, and, and one by one, people say, I, 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 could I have that? And I say, okay, I'm going to go back and get another one. But I like this one because you can see that, that this was probably a cup and probably had a handle coming out here. And the style of the pottery is indeed Jewish. The, the date of this type of pottery is right at the time that the Bible says that the temple would have been erected in Shiloh for the first time, and that's in the very dig that was found right there. My friend, do you understand that the stones cry out, the bones cry out to the truth of the Bible? And so we have a generation that's, that's looking for the truth. We have a generation, we, we just finished studying about AI and how they, they really they're so prejudiced that, that they're, they're making up lies. You, you can't even get a straight answer out of them. They're, they're prejudiced as they, they program the pictures they show. You see, we have something that's really solid, don't we? And that foundation is Jesus Christ. That foundation is the Word of God. And, and that's really why I want to emphasize to you, how are you training your children? I really believe that, that one of the, the incredible things today is the Bible says perilous times will come. And it says men... They will have doctrines of demons. We're watching that take place. They don't care if they lie. They, they don't care if, if AI doesn't tell the truth. But the truth is important. Here's what the Bible says. It says that, that there came a time when truth had fallen in the street. It, it, they couldn't destroy the truth. I think about Pilate. And he stood in front of Jesus. And as he tried to ask him questions, and, and Jesus gave incredible answers. And Pilate said this, what is truth? He should have said, who is truth? Because he was looking at truth. Do you, do you realize that, that Jesus wasn't on trial? Pilate was on trial. And my friend, I think our job today should be to find truth. And so the stones of these digs cry out that the Bible is true. The bones, the, the, the right side offerings, they cry out 
The Bible is true. The, the coins that we find that, that are document the, the New Testament, we have, we have King Agrippa coins, we have Pontius Pilate coins. All these things have been found, and they confirm the truth of the Bible. So, so what are you counting on? You see, Satan counted on deceiving Adam and Eve with a lie. Satan's taxis haven't changed. He's the father of lies. But Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And that's why I think it's so incredible that, that the more we dig, the more we find that the Bible is true. It's worthy to be trusted. And so, again, it brings me to the question, are you ready? You see, it's one thing to carry a Bible. It's quite another thing to read a Bible. It's one thing to, to read a Bible. It's another thing to believe the Bible. And I, I really believe to, today that, that one of my fears has been the fact that, that we're no longer teaching our children how to read. We're no longer teaching them how to, to read a passage and to think logically and critically and to say, what's the lesson for me? And I think as a parent, as a grandparent, that's my responsibility to set in front of my children and my grandchildren things that prove the truth of God's word. What could be more exciting than, than to go and to find a treasure that's been buried for, let's say, 3,500 years, just waiting to be discovered to prove truth? Because today, we want truth to come to us in the form of, a, of an AI chat or in the form of a text. But the real truth is there are many that are trying to deceive us today. And so God simply gives to us his word. You see, I think because we have the Bible, particularly the, the fact that we have the Bible in our language, we're going to be a generation that, that will have to stand before God without an excuse. We're working with some missionaries, and they're in South America. They're just completing a, a task of, of a New Testament in the language of these people. And it's for a small group of people, relatively small. But think of the excitement of having the Word of God in your own language. That they can now please God because they know what God says. They know the truth of God. But what about us? Because you see, most of us, we, we have a copy of the Bible in our language. And so the question is, do we read it? Do, 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 we, do we study it? Does it become our foundation? You see, the truth will make you free. Today, I think we have people that are slaves to a lot of things. Maybe AI chat is one of those things that we're slave to because we seem to be addicted to, to checking our phone all the time. I'm, I'm among those. But I wish I could be addicted to God's word because I believe that God's word is the source of eternal life. So my friend, I ask, are you ready? Do you know Christ is your savior? Has there ever been a time that you said, you know what, I'm going to accept what God says about me. And the Bible says this, we're all sinners. We all come short of the glory of God. But I'm so glad that the Bible also says that Christ came. Christ came to take my sin. And on the cross, he died for my sin, for your sins, for the sin of the whole world. Every single person has had all their sins forgiven by Jesus. But unfortunately, not every single person has said, I accept the death of Christ as a payment for my sin. I receive Jesus as my Savior. My friend, do that today. And then I urge you to take your children, your grandchildren, 
and say, listen, I want to impart some truth to you. Nothing is more important that you impart to your children, your grandchildren, the truth of salvation and the truth of God's word. Are you ready? You're not ready until you've warned your family, your friends, that Jesus is coming soon. Mm -hmm.